This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Franchise Tag. I'm your host, Eric, and I'm back with my two guests here, Matt and Chris. We're back. Hello. We're back in here. And uh, we just ha- we're coming to, to a close of the NFL season. We're heading into the conference uh, championship games. And after that is the Super Bowl. And uh, we're going to get into an in-depth analysis of those teams going into those conference championship games. But right before that, we're just going to talk about some of the news, we've, especially on Twitter and stuff like that. Um, what I saw recently, and uh, it's about AB, and I'm not going to get too crazy with it because I know it's really blown over the top, but I think people are just enjoying that it's blown over the top so much. But um, there's actually a tweet, um, AB responding to what Bruce Arians had set, uh, said about him. And uh, mind you, Bruce Arians was the offensive coordinator for the Patri- of Patriots, what am I saying, the, <laughs> the Steelers, um, when they won their championships. So um, he knows m- a lot about him. So uh, what Bruce Arians said was, this isn't the Antonio that was drafted in 2010. And someone quote, tweet, quote tweeted that and then sent it right to AB. AB quote tweets it again. And says he didn't draft me. He drafted Emmanuel Sanders, same guy who missed rehab to go to the net, go on networks to talk about me on on situation. We have zero clue. Arians now wears kangoo hats <laughs> and glasses, but I'm a diva. Done seen it all. They say we oh, we friends. Stop lying. So that was both kind of a diss to Emmanuel Sanders and Bruce Arians at the same time. If I'm Bruce Arians, I'm looking at this. If I'm not Bruce Arians, if I'm Emmanuel Sanders, I'm looking at this tweet and I'm like, "What the heck did I do?" <laughs> you know, well, I guess well, yeah, he had nothing. Yeah. Emmanuel Sanders has gone after AB pretty recently. I mean, really? But, what but about everyone's going after AB right now? I'll bring it up. Yeah, but um, that's very true though. I forgot. I keep forgetting Emmanuel Sanders was drafted by the way Steelers. before AB. Yeah, and uh, by the Steelers, yeah, and he was on that team. They know each other pretty well, so I'm not sure what their chemistry was when they were on the same team. Clearly, they're not on the same team anymore. So, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I I feel like I feel like that's I don't know what to think of that. It's not even like a situation. It's kind of AB responding to what someone it's, said. It's a situation that was made off of like everyone else has been. If you re- if you listen, nobody has really said Antonio said this, Tomlin said this. It's more of like speculation for the most part. Le'Veon Bell is different. A.B., I feel like it's a lot of speculation. Well, the issue with Bell was that he wanted more money than the Steelers were willing to pay him. Yeah. And that was just a simple... And it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. He was not worth $15 million a year. Do you know, the amount of talent that's on that team, they're paying Ben millions of dollars. They're paying A.B. Yep. He just got signed. He had the highest paid wide receiver contract before Odell got signed. So mm-hmm. where is this money coming from <clears throat> with cap space and that amazing offensive, li- uh, offensive line? Yeah. So money's just not going to come out of nowhere. you got to free up space to do yeah. that. Um, oh, yeah. Well, the anyway, the origin, uh, the origin of the uh, Sanders comments was when the si- the original situation broke out, and he was starting to say he was speculating um, based on what, you know his experience with Mr. Rooney. He didn't think he would have this. You know, he didn't think he would keep him around. He said he's definitely going to be gone. Right. You know, he says, "Oh, this is Antonio's fault. This is you know this and that." And um, <clears throat> I think Antonio was, you know. He was moved by that because he didn't feel that this was Sanders' spot to be talking, you know, claiming that this is what Antonio did or said when really 
you know, no one outside of that locker room or outside of that situation really knew. And and that's probably what sparked Antonio's response. Mostly. But uh, I keep hearing that, well, again, it's blown out of proportion because there is no trade talks. If there was trade talks, it would be a big deal to talk about. But yeah. Art Rooney came out and said, I don't know how much longer we're going to have AB on the team, pretty much. But people are going over the top saying, oh, now he's going to get traded. But clearly it says afterwards they have not even spoken to teams about committing to sending Antonio Brown their way. So... I don't know, man. This whole situation is a little weird. I feel like he's the type of guy who can sort it out with the Steelers, but as a Steelers fan, if um, AB decides to go, someone picks up that contract, yeah. a lot of people have big salary <coughs> caps. Um, so, I don't know. What, what do you? As a Steelers fan, if he goes, Bell's gone, and yeah. you don't really care about that anymore. But, yeah. again, this guy is just a generational talent. Um, you let him go. I, maybe Ben will leave soon after that. Uh, what, what do you th- if that whole thing spirals down. If that happens, to, so happens to occur. Well, what do you on, think? on the off chance he does get traded, um, it depends on what we get in return for him. Like he he's been touting the 49ers. Like if he goes to the 49ers, he, he's definitely warranting a first round pick at the very least, and maybe a defensive player in addition. Uh, I know we've talked. I I don't think we've talked about it, but it's been like memed all around the internet. Yeah. You know that uh, people. You know when that game when uh, Bill Belichick walks in like onto the field for that uh, Monday Night Lions game, and then like the kids put out their hands and like, he just ignores them. Yeah. They put Stone Cold music in the background. He's like, yo, he's pulling up to AB's house like this. That's not actually out of the question because um, we're going to get into that much later too, but I want to kind of just touch on it now. The Patriots actually have six picks within the first three rounds of the draft, so they got things to give away. And It's um, a very Patriots thing to do. It is, and they, they would – happily do it if they wanted to but it's such a belichick thing where he's like we'll give you a six and somehow someone says yes but that's not the case with ab they could give up three picks and possibly get him what do you think about that if he goes to the pats very possible they have a lot of picks they're up there i don't know their their picks aren't exactly the best picks they're not but because we want i'm sure we would want at the very least a first round pick and their first round pick is nowhere near where we would want it to be Oh, yeah, uh, since they're still in it. but If it went to the 49ers, that's the second overall. But they, that's, again, that's a Nick Bosa pick. Yeah, but again, don't forget they'll give future picks. They can also give up like later first-round picks if they wanted to. And I'm sure Belichick's not freaking out over losing a first-round pick. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, what I would say is if they're getting rid of him, and I mean, he's already kind of hinted like there could be him leaving. And I feel like with all that's been going on, even if he comes back, there's going to be a lot of issues in the locker room between Tomlin, between him, between the owner, between the teammates. And I feel like at this point, you, if, if you're thinking about getting rid of him, you got to get a, a solid like three, four, five players to make it up because it, you can't really replace Antonio Brown, but you need to get players that will benefit your team. So like you said, your defense could kind of be lacking. You need to build up on defense. I think Juju's all right. You just need to get another receiver to kind of complement him. Yeah, it's just strange how <laughs> there's so many analysts coming out and saying how AB isn't worth the trouble, but then, like for example, Will Kane on ESPN, he came out and he he had his own, he has his own show and yeah, I heard like a little snippet of it on Instagram. He was like, no, he's not worth all that. You want a championship? You're in win now mode. Go get it. But you you probably don't need him. And the whole time I'm like, he's a Cowboys fan. He'll be the first person to jump on the AB train if they even consider trading for him. So I don't want to hear any of that from analysts like saying he's not worth he's not worth it. I think they just want to see see the Steelers fall. I don't know. I think he's going to stick around. He's not going to leave this year. If anything, they got the team's got to prepare more for that type of trade. They got to know what they're giving up, and I don't think that's going to happen 
over this offseason. I think it's going to stick around a little longer. So, yeah. All right, so let's see here what we got. Uh, so I just want to touch on this a little bit. I'm only going to talk about two coaches. I don't want to talk about all of them. But speaking of the Patriots, uh, the Patriots, I keep thinking Patriots over Steelers, but – Sorry, the Steelers just hired the Broncos' uh, former offensive line coach, Mike Munchak. Wrong way. Uh, wrong way, yeah. Broncos are hiring former Steelers' offensive line coach, Mike Munchak, as their offensive line coach. Um, I feel like Denver is really winning these <coughs> hires. Yeah. They got, they're got they killing it. That front office knows what they're doing, especially with the amount of things they're working with. Um, their head coach is now a, it was a defensive coordinator for the Bears. And what he worked with was the Khalil Mack, the Roquan Smiths, the Eddie Jacksons, and now he has to work with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, and they're going to build something up during when, uh, the upcoming draft. And now it's a big step up with their with Mike Munchak because uh, the Steelers have one of the best offensive yeah, lines. Yeah, look, in the I'll league. be I'll be the first to tell you. There's a reason. Yeah, you know, our our line is so good. He he's an outstanding coach. Purely lateral move, uh, family decision. His daughter and family lives in Denver, so that's why he wanted to go there. It wasn't, you know, as much as people would love to feed into the drama, it's not has nothing to do with the whole, you know, A-B situation or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, that'd be outrageous to think that has to do yeah, with that. Yeah, he wanted to live with his family, and that's fine. You know, um, I, I think his replacement, uh, who's worked with him for several years, uh, whose name escapes me, um, I think he'll be fine. You know, it's not like... He's, we, he's still built up the offensive line. I'm not too worried about our line. Uh, that being said, um, you know, uh, it's a great hire by Denver. This is a guy who, in the previous years, has had several head coaching offers. Uh, when coming from an offensive line coach, that's a pretty big deal. Um, <clears throat> I think I'll see him continue to succeed and, uh, you know, beef up the line that hopefully Denver can put a franchise quarterback behind pretty soon. Yeah, and uh, also, not to mention, uh, Chuck Pagano is replacing the place of Vic Fangio over there on the Bears. What do you guys think of that hire? Uh, good hire. I I, I, don't, I think he's proven that he's he can't succeed as a head coach, but as a defensive mind, I don't see any reason why he can't lead a defense, especially one That's with, already... the t- with the talent that it has. Oh, yeah. I think I think it'll be fine. He'll be fine. I feel like if you put yeah. any coordinator in that situation, <coughs> you're fine. But mm-hmm. like the, the notable name Chuck Pagano will definitely help him out a bit. Um, but yeah, that's all I got from me for the head coaching stuff. But um, what I got here, what's still un- cup coming right now? Zach Taylor from the Rams is still. He's most likely going to take the job over there in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brian Flores from the Patriots. Mm-hmm. He's obviously not staying. You gotta you gotta be crazy for a guy in his position. To not take a head coaching job over there on the Dolphins is pretty crazy. Um, yeah, and uh, last thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the tweet Jamal Adams just put out. He said, Le'Veon hit my line, and uh, let's talk. Uh, very possible. Jets have some ca- some salary cap that they could use on him. So I mean, it's been rumored since the middle of the season. How much of a threat do they become knowing that they have a rookie quarterback, and we all know how that luxury is like, where you can break the bank on a on a running back like Le'Veon Bell, they could break the bank on some more defensive players if they wanted to. And again, the upcoming draft is coming up. So, how much of a threat are they in that division realistically with the Patriots in there? Because again, it's Tom Brady's eighth straight AFC conference game. So, I don't mm. know. Do, do you see them as an upcoming threat if they sign Le'Veon Bell? In no, any way? I don't. Not really. Because Le'Veon Bell runs a certain way, and the, their offensive line is not built that way. No. They cannot 
hold blocks as well as obviously like we mentioned the Steelers offensive line right Le'Veon Bell runs in a way where he waits for the the holes to open and he takes off for the most part he does just he will burst through the gap but you hear many times Chris Collinsworth he's so patient you you hear it all the time any commentator they're going to say he's patient and that's anyone with that line could be patient if they wanted to exactly let's be real and I feel like especially with James Conner this year yeah, and, and especially with him being out for a year, you don't know what to expect out of Le'Veon Bell. Is he able to now go from sitting around waiting to this fast pace, got to burst through the gap, take off? I mean, he definitely will be a receiving threat, but on the ground, I don't know how much how much of an impact he will be. He, he's going to be great. I just don't know if you can compare to the Steelers. So I propose this question to you guys, okay? Um, again, you have a guy like Jalen Samuels come in, and he runs for over 100 yards uh, or almost oh, 150 yards, I should say. And then you have James Conner who killed it this year. Both of them, I think Jalen Samuels was on the practice squad. He was a fourth-round pick, yeah. Yeah, fourth-round pick. And then you get James Conner who was a third-round pick. Should have been a higher pick. Obviously, we're not going to get into that. But d- is it safe to say with a solid offensive line, so like take the Colts, for example, do you even bother drafting a running back in the first round? If you have these guys coming in who can make a clear impact – if you're that good. I mean, they I just drafted two people. And what was it? Marlon Mack is like their main guy. Like fifth round and, pick. And I feel like he's doing fine. Like he'll have like the one of the, the first playoff game. I think it was. He had like 150 yards or whatever. And that's like he's not anything exceptional. CJ Anderson. See, the thing is there, yeah. there are many examples that point to that you shouldn't draft a running back high. Look at uh, look at Phil Lindsay. Undrafted. He's in the Pro Bowl. Look at <clears throat> Darius Geis. A lot of promise, yeah. He's really talented, but you never know. You you spend a first round pick on this running back, and he tears his ACL. Is and you can't even season. use him. Yeah, yeah, right. <clears throat> but take the Giants for example. They draft the running back second pick. I think that's the highest drafted like pick, other than like as a running back, other than like who else? For example, do you guys know like the like Damian Tomlinson of the AP world. Up there? AP was like seventh, yeah. and then uh, Zeke was like fourth. But no one really goes two or one as a running back. But you really can't pass on a guy like Barkley because he's like a generational talent, mm-hmm. and he's going to be wearing one of those gold jackets in the up in like the later years of his like and towards the end of his career. You're already going to know. But for teams that have a solid line, and it just sucks that these teams don't know when to draft a running back. And again, you take like Kamara, who was drafted in the third. He was he was one of those one of those guys that ended up being the most talented in the league still is and then Kareem Hunt before the incident third another third round pick um and what else I'm not, I'm not really sure I don't I don't know I think I think it's old school again where you really don't need a running back in the first I feel like the trend the past couple years is draft a running back first if you need him because then you have teams like the Seahawks who draft Rashad Penny who is who barely was used this year Again, I've gone over that pick hundreds of times, one of the worst picks in that draft so like up to now. But um I don't know. It's a really good thing to think about. Teams mm, moving yeah. fo- if you I feel like if you have a bad offensive line, Giants for example, the generational talent and Saquon Barkley you can't pass on. But every team again like those like the Colts and the Patriots uh, the Patriots, Steelers of the world, you really can't draft the running back first. And yeah, again, I mean, like I mentioned it, before, I don't know the pa- the Patriots seem like they're really don't care about picks because again they drafted Sony Michelle in the first, and their offensive line is whatever. Yeah, so. I mean it goes to show like let's just you're using the Steelers and the Giants for example. The Steelers can draft someone who's a nobody, and with that line they could turn them into a somebody where 
uh, last year, the Giants had three wins. They had a whole injury plague season. They had a lot of issues going on. So they ended up getting three wins, and then Saquon Barkley comes in. I mean, he was great. He he's in the running for offensive rookie of the year. But, but it only gets you two get, more wins. Gets two more wins. Yeah. That's the flip side. You you draft someone that high, but if you don't have that line, you, they are kind of like stuck. They they can't be up to. They can't live up to that full potential. Yeah, he'll come into his own. But um, anyway, so. We just finished up um, the second round of the playoffs. We did. We got to see um, what teams had in store with their first round buys. And they come in and uh, they just go off. And uh, I have a lot to talk about this week with these teams. So we're going to start recapping. Um, So first we're going to start off with the Patriots-Chargers game. Uh, Patriots won 41-28. Um, the game was not as close. Yeah, yeah. As I it was just appeared. gonna say it's a game I'd like to call a as the shell- score makes it look. Yeah, like. a shellacking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, most of those touchdowns that came from the Chargers were uh, came much much later in the game when they really didn't need it. It was it was like thirty something to seven past the third quarter. So don't think for a second this game was ever in the hands of the Chargers. It was well out. Um, so let's start with the Chargers and where they went wrong here. Um, Philip Rivers likes to complain, huh? <laughs> Went up to the refs every other play, just screaming at him. Uh, but what are you going to do? The Patriots totally outplayed these guys. Even with the minimal plays that they've done, again, I've seen like uh, 50 checkdowns by by Tom Brady this game probably, and they somehow managed to pull it off every time, even when the defense knows that it's going to work. But um, Philip Rivers, 25 for 51. He didn't complete half of his passes. 331 yards passing, three, uh, three touchdowns, one pick. Uh, Melvin Gordon, nine carries, 15 yards, and a touchdown. That was their first touchdown on the board, and they didn't score until uh, the third quarter. So that was their first touchdown in the first. And uh, they really didn't – They the only time they scored two touchdowns in one quarter was the fourth quarter. And, again, it was pretty much garbage, t- garbage time at that point. Um, and then the, their later touchdown was uh, – Wait, was the Melvin Gordon touchdown first or the Keenan Allen touchdown? I think Keenan Allen was after, right? When he was like wide open? Yes. Yeah, so that came yeah. after. So that was that next touchdown. So not much going on in the receiving court. Tyrell Williams, five receptions, 94 yards. Keenan Allen, two receptions, 75 yards, and that one touchdown we spoke about. Mike Williams, five receptions, 68 yards. He did not play well by any means. Um, again, they scored later on in that drive with the Keenan Allen thing, but he was dropping wide open passes. So can't do that in a playoff game. Um, their whole storyline here was that, that uh, what's his name, Hunter Henry came back. He didn't do much of anything. He just kind of helped block. But um, I, I just hate how the Chargers – I hate just hey, every, every Chargers fan or anyone that's analyzing this game thought for a second Hunter Henry was going to make any type of impact going into the next round. I don't think someone comes in um, later in the season, doesn't practice, and hasn't played a game since 2017, is going to come in and win you a Super Bowl. That's just not – um, you know, that just has nothing to do with anything. I don't think that was going to help him at all. And, but you have Antonio Gates, five receptions, 41 yards, and a touchdown. Is it safe to say he's gone after this since Hunter Henry's back? Uh, I don't – Or are they going to bring him back and kind of have I, him there? I feel like they would bring him back just as that safety blanket because they let him go and then this happened and then they had to bring him back. I feel like if he's willing to come back, they may bring it's, him back. This is more of a him decision. Yeah, most I think they'll, they'll be gracious about it. They'll take him. But it, at the end of the day, like, it's that's. You know. a, but it's also another thing where he's not going to win you a Super Bowl either. 
No, it's not it, anymore. Tight, tight ends not are anymore, tough but positions to really take over in. It is, and I mean, I'm not saying to rely on your tight end to win you games, but um, uh, we also have Virgil Green, one reception for one yard and a touchdown. Again, another late mm. touchdown in the game. And it's pretty much quiet for everyone else. Melvin Gordon was pretty much silent the whole time. It was a very big question mark coming into this game, um, whether or not he would have, um, would have been hurt this whole time. Um, currently, we are simulating a uh, AFC title game or KFC title game for Andy <laughs> Reid, um, but we'll see what the score is, and we'll let you know by the time we're done with this analysis here. Um, but let's move on to the Patriots again. Like I said before, was it, this was a complete utter shellacking by the Patriots. They knew exactly yeah. what they were doing coming in, and it's just weird to me how they seem to turn up the like the dial a little bit when it comes to playoff time. I feel. Do you guys think? That Bill Belichick purposely like like barely uses James White or Sony Michelle before the playoffs on purpose because they know they're gonna make it and then they have yeah. their that first round bye and then it's like kind of game script from there. Do you think they like he like rests them on purpose coming into these games and then like teams have no idea what's coming next? Like I is mean, that like a strategy? It, they kinda it would do be there? a smart idea because you think at the end of the day, a lot of times. There will be teams that will make it or just miss it, and it's just off of pure injuries. They have talent, but their main starters are getting injured, and then they just can't finish strong. Like uh, like the Bengals are a good example. They started off the season strong, and then they just started getting injured, and then they kind of turned the other way, and they ended that season not even getting close to making the playoffs. I feel like they have so many, for example, with James White, they have so many running backs. They don't need to force feed him. They have so many. And it's just kind of like, all right, if we don't need to use somebody, we're like Bill Bel. Everyone knows Bill Belichick's thing is do your job. So I feel like he just has everyone go out there do like one or two like minor things that they have to do, and then they get by. Right. And so let's take a look at Tom Brady here. Um, nobody even bothers saying that he was the goat and won this game. Again, he threw one touchdown pass. That was the Philip Dorsett. But other than that. He, they again. They just gave it to the running backs. Yeah, so dominant yeah. on the round on the on the ground on the ground. Yeah. So Tom Brady's stats: thirty-four for forty-four, three hundred forty-three yards to the air, one touchdown. Like we mentioned before, who that went and to? Yeah, not bad. Not bad by any means. A lot of lot of check downs. A lot of check downs. Yeah. A lot of check downs. That's fine. <laughs> Which is fine. It's going to win you games. That's what you got to. You know, you stick to what you know. But um, Sony Michelle again uh, dominated on the ground. Twenty-four carries, one hundred twenty-nine yards, average five point four yards per carry, and reached the end zone three times. What, what do you guys I, think yeah, of that what, whole performance by him? As what I find whole? funny is everybody was uh, there were a lot of people kind of questioning why they drafted him, and he wasn't really being used in the beginning of the season. I know he was injured, but then throughout the season, he wasn't being used. And now come playoff time, he has this monster performance. They do this every time. It's yeah. like the same thing with Deion Lewis. Like he wasn't exactly. in the same position as him, but come playoff time, you turn it up with it's, him, and he's your guy. Uh, it's scary because now, what what's going to happen? Because a lot of times, if you win the ground game, you're winning the time of possession. And you're keeping the other team off the field, which in most cases they have a good quarterback, good receiver, good offense that you don't want on the field. You want them off as much as possible so you can take advantage and you can limit the scoring. If they have, they have uh, Sony Michelle going off and James White catching these passes, they're keeping Mahomes off the field. With uh, I mean, they're the number one ranked offense. That's huge. Yeah, keeping them off the field if they can run that clock. Definitely, the game all eyes are on. And if, I don't know if you guys saw, but there was like records for the amount of viewers for these games and i can't imagine these upcoming games especially i'm in love with these matchups it's going to be insane but um very disappointing playoffs so far 
In the terms of most of the games have not been very interesting. Not really. Not at all. Uh, but uh, not to mention, let's not forget, uh, you know, the way the Patriots are, they just kind of, the way they game plan. And, I'll, and don't forget either, I'm not sure if they planned this out. I'm sure they didn't. But they didn't punt for like the first six possessions. There was like yeah. barely any punts by the Patriots it was, it was at absurd. all. I ca- and mind you, for everyone out there, just to make you feel better, their punter probably got a couple mil off that uh, one game alone, or probably like three hundred k or something like yeah. that they for punting twice. Anything. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so that's great. It makes me feel better. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, the Patriots didn't. They they were just the way they were driving downfield. It was just so constant. And again, that's how a lot of teams are supposed to play is just like working that time of possession. I think that was the goal the uh the Seahawks are trying to pull off and they just couldn't do it. I think that was their game plan, but they again they're not the Patriots. The Patriots kind of know what's going on there. But Rex Burkhead also reached the end zone. Four carries, twelve yards, and um again they ran everyone in this game. They they ran Julian Edelman, they ran James Devlin, their fullback, MVP. Uh, Cordell Patterson and Tom Brady ran for negative one yard. But, uh, again, if you come out with 41 points in the dub, who cares? Yeah, um, but, yeah, let's take a look at the receiving game here. Julian Edelman, just a monster. Nine receptions, 151 yards. Did you guys see that clip that if he was, like, off the field? I think that he was he, – they were on defense at the moment. Um, and it was, like, a bobbled play that went out of bounds. And it was, like, through someone's legs and, like, it landed, like, on his lap. And, like, everyone's like, yo, this dude's catching everything, whether he's in the game or not. Uh, James White, 15 receptions, 97 yards. Uh, Philip Dorsett um, has the one touchdown, doesn't show it here in the stats, but he has four receptions, 41 yards. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, um, everyone got lit for that one play where he had that one reception. He really didn't do anything all game, but it was like yeah. a 25-yard reception. This um, might be this might be a tangent, but this is an interesting thing to consider. Do you think Gronk is done after yes. this year? Got to be. Yeah. Where are you going to go? Or like yeah, – Yeah, he, he, if the fact they considered trading him last year – means that he they want him out they they're it's, considering it there's a good possibility and if he doesn't want to play anywhere else he he's gonna retire he was start, he was threatened to not threatened it was a threat to him but i'll say it anyway it was a threat to him that he was going to get traded to the lions and he threatened to retire that's how much he doesn't want to go to any other team do you guys think that scenario do you think that gronk knowing himself if he went to any other team would he even succeed as much as he does on the patriots is that why he threatens to retire yeah, he, whenever he would not strive he, anywhere he, he else he would not it's just one of those things i mean i feel like that's a situation in a lot of cases but it's more amplified because he has tom brady throwing to him so it's very noticeable that he has a great quarterback throwing to him but there's a lot of players i feel like in this league that they uh obviously when you have a good quarterback your stats are going to go up but i feel like they rely too much on a good quarterback, and if you trade them somewhere else, they're not going to really produce, and that's what I feel like happens in Gronk's situation. Yeah, I feel like him leaving Tom Brady is kind of ridiculous, and he's towards the tail end of his career, a lot of injuries. Yeah. And again, they won They won one out. They have won championships without him. Let's not forget that, too. But uh, other than that, it's pretty much quiet. Chris Hogan, three receptions, 13 yards. He's really not becoming the Chris Hogan he was when they first won a championship uh, before last year. Um but yeah, make sure that goes slow. We'll let you guys know what we're how we're doing on the simulation here. But um, so yeah, that's pretty much it for the stats on offense. Um, again, the score is forty-one to twenty-eight. It was just a total manhandling the whole entire time. Yeah. By the third quarter, you're kind of not watching anymore. To be honest, I was watching very closely. I wanted to see every little bit of this game and see where I, I can critique it. I just felt bad for Philip Rivers' kids. Oh man, they had to sit through that. The whole thing, yeah. <laughs> yep. 
They had to watch him on the replay just yell at referees the whole time. He was actually getting very fr- – uh, Philip Rivers was actually getting really frustrated with Anthony Lynn. He was not enjoying his time. The whole like, If you guys saw the replay at one point, they were wasting the clock. And um, when they were wasting the clock, they actually uh, – like the announcers were pretty much like, you guys are losing right now. Why are we letting the clock roll when we mm-hmm. should be scoring? You guys are getting close, and uh, you could see on the replay if you they zoomed in on Philip Rivers and you, he literally mouthed the words, um, "What are we doing?" Like to his sideline to like Anthony Lynn. So um, yeah, very strange. Not sure what their game plan was coming in, uh, but let's see. We got a minute thirty three, twenty four to nineteen. The Chiefs. Oh. Tom Brady said, oh, boy. They just take a knee? Take a knee. Yeah, it's a wrap. They're just running it. Kareem Hunt's still in this. Does this even count? It counts. I thought they took him out of the game. Eight-yard rush. Oh, yeah, it's a wrap. Neil, that's a wrap. Yeah. Madden says that the Kansas City Chiefs will beat the New England Patriots 24-19. to They have the ball right now. Oh, oh. wait. Wait. Act. Yo, whoa! Wait, hang on. Hold up. Oh! <laughs> Hold on a minute. Brady's throwing. Oh! Oh! Wow. Oh my god! Two points! <laughs> Why? How did they. What did they do? I, Wait, what? What's going Why? on? Why did they, they got punt? the ball back again. They didn't punt, they kicked it away. Hold on, folks. Oh. <laughs> hang on to your seats. Hang on to your seats here. Madden is playing with the oh, oh game that, over. That's game. They have the Pats winning. So they predict with their fake head coach uh, <laughs> that the Patriots will win twenty-seven to twenty-four. Well, here we can. He completed eighty-two percent of his passes, three touchdowns. That's very possible. Okay, quarter four. That is something Tom Brady would do within that the last is, thirty yeah. seconds. Yeah. Yep. Score on the last drive. They were down 27-24. Pat Mahomes goes home, take a seat on the couch. That's what Madden says is going to happen. So going into the fourth quarter, the Chiefs were down 19-10. to They score two touchdowns to put themselves up 24-19, but then with 14 seconds left, a Julian Edelman touchdown pass from Tom Brady sends them to the Super Bowl. Dang. That's something I really don't want to see. I, I hope, don't want. I, I hope, hope this is the polar opposite of what happens. <laughs> yeah, I hope that doesn't happen. Before you get into the next game, I, uh, should we po- talk about this game? Uh, as, as in our yeah, prediction? yeah, but not not just yet because I'm gonna go over <coughs> both games and then we're gonna go over the next sure. round as a whole. So when we talk about the teams that are still alive, you put on the next game and then at, well by the time we're done, yeah. we'll go over that score so you can set it up. But um, any other last thoughts on this Patriots Chargers game? Other than what you mm, saw. That's no. so sad. <laughs> it is pretty sad. I hope I don't see that come uh, this weekend. But, uh, Matt, any other last thoughts on Pats and Chargers? I feel like Chargers just got outplayed. No, I, I I was shocked. Yeah, Chargers got outplayed, and it was by the second half, you kind of were already had the idea of what this was going to turn out like. And, um, guys, let's not forget, while they were up, they the Patriots had like a fourth and one. And they just gave it to Sony Michelle to get the first down, just to keep the shellacking going. So Tom Brady, so Tom Brady, uh, Bill Belichick's kind of like no mercy, you know what I mean? But um, mm-hmm. yeah, again, forty-one twenty-eight, Patriots move on. They're going to the AFC title game against the Chiefs. Should be interesting. But we're gonna talk about another game that went on that day, which was the Saints and the Eagles. And I'm so happy I get to say the score here: Saints win twenty to fourteen. 
And I'm very happy about that. Chris is probably not, but I am. Eagles, get out, go home, you know? Um, So, real quickly, let's talk about the Eagles here, where they went wrong. Uh, Nick Foles, 18 for 31, uh, 200 yards passing, a touchdown, two picks. The picks were definitely where everything went wrong. But he also had two carries for no yards, but... Finds the end zone. Nick, yeah, Nick, <laughs> Nick Foles uh, was not the reason they lost that no, game. No, I don't think you can blame him at all. The second Coaching. pick was he started out hot. He started out hot. Yeah, and the second pick was absolutely not their fault. Their offense ran stagnant throughout the second and third quarters. When you pick it up, when you had an extra thirty plus minutes to keep running up the score, that's your own fault. Yeah, and when, then you're, when, when you're up 14-0. When, no when you have the lead and then you let it get down to having to win in crunch time, that there's nothing you can do about that. Nothing at all. Uh, but, um, yeah, Nick Foles started off hot, and then nothing else came after that pretty much. Um, again, like we mentioned before, a very big hole in this offense is the <coughs> is uh, their backfield, which is Wendell Smallwood. Ten carries, 33 yards, average three yards per carry. Um, didn't really run anything else, with, especially with Darren Sproles back there. Three carries, four yards. Um, yeah, again, they can't, you can't use your backfield. you got to rely on Nick Foles, and then nothing really goes well there. And, again, I'm not putting any blame on Nick Foles. The dude carried them to that far when people thought they shouldn't even made it that far. Um, and I'm sure the, the big headline of this game was that Alshon Jeffrey missed a very easy pass. Like, he just went right through his hands yeah. into Marshawn Lattimore's hands. Game over. I mean, I feel like that's unlucky, but that's also they did not need to run that play. That play should not have happened. It was right. It was a second before the two minute warning. They could have. They were getting close. They they could have taken the two minute warning, talked about it on the sideline, figured out the way that they wanted to finish this game because they were not far from the end zone. They they could have they could have gone in. They just decided to rush it and it. Ended up biting them in the ass. People were mostly upset because 99 times out of 100 times, Alshon Jeffrey's going to make that catch. Yeah. Dude, you don't really see him drop too many passes often. And talk about really bad timing there to lose them the game and to bring the Saints to the NFC Championship game. But he he wasn't having too bad of a game prior to that. He had five receptions, 63 yards. Um Zach Ertz, five receptions, 50 yards. Jordan Matthews finds the end zone, which was a, re- was a really nice throw mm-hmm. by Nick Foles. It was kind of like a lob, and it kind um, yeah. of misdirected one of one of the the back the the defensive backs. Um, and it was for 37 yards right into the end zone. Darren Sproles was in the receiving game for only 21 yards. Golden Tate, two receptions, 18 yards. Um, so he's he wasn't really being used much there. And real quickly, what I wanted to touch on. Uh, Eagles are going to be in a very tough situation coming next season, and um, not, if you got, I'm not sure if you guys saw the post game conference. Um, Nick Foles said he would like to be a starter. He wants to lead a team. That's why he's in the NFL. So it doesn't look like he's coming back to the Eagles next season. Um, and let's take a look at others. Eagles free agents come this off season. Um, it was possibly Nick Foles, but now it most likely is going to be Nick Foles, and he was mo- most likely gone. Brandon Graham. He's getting up there in age, um, is becoming a free agent. Golden Tate got traded midseason. He becomes a free agent. Darren Sproles, um, he might sign the veteran. I assume he's going to sign the veteran's minimum coming back to the Eagles, and uh, he might come back um, for another year. Um, let's see. Who else here? Uh, Jay Ajayi, which is very notable in the 
beginning parts of the season, especially once he got injured. And then Ronald Darby, Jordan Hicks, Jordan Matthews, who they also traded for or signed off waivers, Chris Long, Haloti Nagata, Mike Wallace, I think they're going to let him go, and then Chris Moragos and Nate Sudfeld. That's a very long list of guys, a lot of needs there. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think Eagles are going to do with these free agents? Who are they bringing back? Who are they letting go? It's tough to call with uh, Ajayi, just considering his season. I think season, they're letting him go. Just considering his season was cut short. If they do let him go, that would be an interesting topic to consider about where he would land. Yeah, because he he was showing great talent over the over last season and the beginning of this one, so so um I think he would be one of the bigger name free agents despite his injury. Yep, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Again, Chris Long is a very good athlete. Nagata is a good athlete. Um, I don't know about Sutfeld. I think they're just gonna bring him back just so he's good backup. Yeah, Wentz. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're good. going with Wentz moving forward, so that kind of shoots down any speculation that they want to bring Nick Foles in as a starter, which is the right move. Which is the right move. Well, yeah, it's kind of not the best idea to bring in Nick Foles again to be your starter. Um, but uh, Golden Tate, what do you do with him? Keep him. You got to sign him he's though. Great. I would sign him. And he, Go- Golden Tate also said he's not going to go to any other team that's not looking to win right now. He said he does. He's, his future is very uncertain in the NFL. He doesn't have much time left. He's been there for a while. Golden Tate, for me, is one of the more underrated receivers in the league simply because he's dominant after the catch. No receiver has more yards after the catch than Golden Tate in the league, and that's what you want. You want a guy who can make the catch and then turn it into an explosive play. So for me, he's a very underrated receiver. I hope he goes. They to also have to use him though, because again, these couple yeah, playoff the games, they haven't used him that much. That's the problem. Against he's, the Bears, he was he used, but he doesn't get used. But you're not seeing like five receptions, ninety-nine yards, and a touchdown. You're not seeing any no. stats like that. You're not seeing what happened with Amari Cooper to the Cowboys. You're not seeing that with Tate. Yeah, if he's not in the game script, I think you might as well get rid of him. Um, but yeah, again, uh, Eagles are in a tough position. They are now moving into the offseason, um, uncertain of what their future is like. And, again, NFC East is going to be open to any team each and every season. Um, not sure what that's looking like for them. But, again, it's 20-14. to 14, um, But let's take a look at the Saints' stat lines here. Drew Brees, uh, 28 completions, 38 attempts, 300 yards passing, two, pi- two touchdowns, one pick. Excuse me. Um, I don't know. He just controls the game. That's pretty much it. I'm not sure what else to think of uh, – Drew Brees there. Alvin Kamara, 16 carries, 71 yards, average four yards per carry. Mark Ingram, nine carries, 53 yards. Taysom Hill, two carries, eight yards. Um, and receiving, Michael Thomas. I think it's safe to say this dude is legit, and I think I've known that for a while now. 12 receptions, 171 yards, and a touchdown. What do you guys think of his performance as a whole in this game? He I lived mean, up to expectations. Oh yeah. I, I feel like their I feel like their whole offense I'd say minus Drew Brees, just like in, in general, their offense is very talented to begin with, but since they have Sean Payton, I feel like it just amplifies their ability. I feel like if you put them on other teams, they wouldn't be what they are. I, I think it's solely off of Sean Payton. Yeah, and I feel like Sean Payton is a really, really good uh, 
coach for the reason being that game against the Falcons. Every receiver that caught a touchdown that game against them, I think that was their second meeting or first meeting. Not too sure. Um, the f- well, was it a close game or was it a blowout? Yeah, towards the end, it was mostly a blowout. So it was the second game. Yeah, second game. It was on game. Thanksgiving. Yeah, and not one not one touchdown went Michael Thomas's way or Kamara's way. So that just shows how Sean Payton can involve everyone, and that might be why they've come to success next week against the Rams. We'll talk, touch on that later. Ted Ginn, three receptions, 44 yards. Alvin Kamara, four receptions, 35 yards. Traquan Smith, one reception for 15. Ben Watson, one reception for 12. And um, it's kind of quiet from there, other than Keith Kirkwood, Kirkwood making that one touchdown uh, with two receptions and eight yards. So, again, they like to look Keith Kirk, Kirkwood's way for some reason. Hmm. I'm not no, sure why. They've been liking know. to go in that direction for a while. Um, and, again, towards the end, towards the later parts of the game, not sure if you guys saw it. I'm sure you did. Uh, but it was like a big fourth down play. Sean Payne puts in Taysom Hill to try to get them the first down. Oh, yeah, I knew that was coming the whole way. 14 nothing. I knew that was coming. I'm yelling at the screen. Obviously, they can't hear me. I'm like, he's going to run it. He's faking it. And he runs right up the middle. I say this over and over. I'm such a fan. I know you're they're down and they kind of have no choice of doing it, but I'm such a fan of teams that put a lot of faith in their players. Again, Drew Brees isn't the one out there making that play for you. It's Taysom Hill, and um, it's a play. It's the human, the human flex. Um, over under. Do you guys? If he going into this, if he does make it to the Super Bowl, so like surpass the Rams for a second. If they go to the Super Bowl, whoever they verse. Taysom Hill does like a trick play flip touchdown to Alvin Kamara, and he like runs it in for a touchdown. Is he like super, is he gonna? What's the over under there if he's super Super Bowl MVP? There's no way. No way, right? No way. Even even if like Drew Brees throws like no touchdowns and throws for a hundred yards. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel no, like no, no matter what, because then it would just be Kamara or Ingram or whoever yeah, made probably, those whoever plays. made yeah. those touchdowns. I, I, One trick yeah. play doesn't make you a Super Bowl MVP. Oh man. Imagine if he ever did, though. Like, no. if he just went off. That would be I, I don't know. I, be, I feel like Drew Brees is too much of Drew Brees for them to not give it to him if it's going to a player. That would just be fun. That would just be funny if it was this yeah. whole Super Bowl was a Taysom Hill Super Bowl. I mean, um, if it's against the Pats, I wouldn't put it past him. You got to outsmart him. They're, they're, yeah. they're good. Uh, but, yeah. Anything else you guys got to touch on for the Eagles Saints here? Again, really. it's been a very no. quiet playoffs up to this point. We're hoping some things pick up these upcoming games. Uh, but the matchups we have coming up this weekend, again, are the Patriots and uh, the Chiefs. So that should be very interesting. They versed each other before, um, and it ended on a Gostowski field goal to to defeat the Chiefs. And yeah. it was in like the, the, the score was like in the 40s. I think it was, was, was 43-40. Yeah. yeah. A uh, very close game there, so we're looking at a rematch. Should be very interesting. But they're playing. Did they Were the Patriots home that game? Yes, they were, right? Yes. Um, so now they're going into Arrowhead. And uh, – They've won there plenty of times before, so I don't want to hear the excuse that it's a tough place to play, which it is, but the Patriots have been there, and they've beaten them beaten them there before. But again, yeah. you got a different quarterback. Um, but the other matchup, on the other hand, um, we have uh, the Saints going up against the Rams. Yeah. I mean, just some some little quick stats for the Rams-Saints game is it's, it's very similar to the AFC championship game, too. It's pretty solid offenses with okay to – subpar defenses and I mean just looking at it quickly their key components that come down to to winning games most of the time is the time of possession and their times of possessions throughout the year are very they're they're under a minute apart from each other so they're very even there 
their third down percentage is a percent off, which you need to convert. A lot of times you see teams lose because they're not converting on their third downs. Their percentages are 1% off. Their points per game is like a point off each other in favor of the uh, the Rams. And, uh, I mean, it's it's just it's one of those things. Same, another thing is the third down percentages on the defense allowed, like giving up third downs, again, like 3 or 4% off. They're very evenly matched in terms of stats. Well, Stat-wise, they're very evenly matched. I say for the Rams, if they want to win, they just need to keep scoring with that offense. They need to just keep going and going and going. They need to waste time off the clock by giving it uh, Todd Gurley, running a lot. Keep it out of Drew Brees' CJ hands. CJ Anderson? Yeah, him too. <laughs> Bro. They got to keep it they out of Brees' They both rushed hands. for over 100 yards. It's behind crazy. that offensive crazy. Yeah. CJ Anderson. He's like 200 pounds now. Dude, did you get, you see? He has a gut. His, his gut sticking out of his jersey. And this yeah. dude is probably faster than all of us combined. He's eating. I know. He's I mean, <laughs> he is eating. It's it's just it's one of those things. He ate that, Zeke. He's just taking his spirit with him. They they need to keep the ball. They need to win time of possession, and they they need to not fall into the situation to happen with the the uh, Eagles. They need to adjust. The it it showed that the Saints can adjust, and they know what they need to do. And they're they're down fourteen nothing, and they made all these adjustments, and they figured it out. I feel like that's what happens. And uh, I feel like if the Saints want to take this one, they they got to really step it up on defense. They've been struggling to win, dude, and that's been the storyline for the yeah. past couple weeks. Uh, Sean McVay is going to have a nice game plan coming in. Um, I don't know, man. That's just not going to cut it, especially going into the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, I, I just I don't know. I think their defense, it, it it's going to be an offensive. Like, Drew Brees can go tit for tat with, with the offense on the Rams. He can definitely do it. It's just it's gonna be down to the defenses. Who, which defense is gonna really step up? And I mean, I want to say it's going to be a defensive defensive game, but um, I don't know the Rams. I feel like if I see them throw a little bit more, not I mean again they don't really have to if they have a backfield like that now. But um, again if they want to control the pace of the game and they want to head over into the next round into the Super Bowl, I feel like they want to throw. They need to throw a little bit again. You're you're gonna. Say you fall into the situation where Jared Goff is going to have to take you to a two, two-minute drill. Um, dude's going to have to throw. He's going to have to make plays. He doesn't have his boy Cooper Cup on the field with him. He's not going to bail him out. Um, again, and they have that close connection there. Um, I don't know. I really would like to see more out of Jared Goff this game to prove to me that he deserves to go to the the uh, Super Bowl because it's going to be a very easy pick for me if the Patriots or the, the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl that, um, that they're going to be the winners, those AFC guys. Um, so... I don't know. I I really want to see more than just running this game. Again, that was the that was the kind of game changing thing they need to come across going against um the what's it called the Cowboys. But um again, now you're going up against a different animal. So I hope to see more there. For me, I think it comes down to if the Saints can stop Todd Gurley, because if they if the Rams are forced to air it out, that defense is going to give them some trouble, and that's where they're going to fall. If if they can't establish a run game quickly and keep it going without you know killing drives short, that's gonna be what kills them in the end. If if they can manage to do that, for me, I th- oh hang on, our, our simulation's about is just about just over. Just ending here. Five seconds left. Hail Mary. Nope, it's over. Yep. Uh-huh. All right. Wrap. So our simulation had the Rams beating the Chiefs. Saints. Saints, yeah. <laughs> the Rams beating the Saints 24-17. to Close game. Close game. Saints had the last possession. They were driving down the field. That being said, I don't 
know for sure that the game is going to be that high scoring in the in in real life. No, not no. too sure. Do you think it's gonna be much lower than that? Not much lower. I think it'll be probably both in the teens. Yeah, I mean, well, what's interesting is their uh, both teams have their average for the seasons. Their points per game are over thirty, and their points allowed are both over twenty. So I mean. It, it has the possibility, I think, of being a high-scoring game because a lot of these defenses are vulnerable. They're giving up touchdowns. They're giving up big plays. But I don't know. I, I think it's going to come down to one of the defenses is going to have to step up, and whichever one ends up doing that is really going to be the winner because these offenses are both phenomenal. They can both score, yeah. and they've showed that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like that game I need to really, really take a look at because I like both teams. Um, I really want to see either one of them move on. I feel like they both rightfully deserve so, um, especially the talent that they have on the Rams and where the Saints are, where Drew Brees is and Sean, Payton, men, men, Sean Payton's mentality is. Um, I don't know. But uh, is there anything else you guys need to add about the, that game to see where they need to go? No, I'm all good. All good. So let's get to the real fun part, and let's talk the AFC, KFC. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk Patriots, Chiefs. Uh, we know the storyline each and every year. Uh, Patriots have to go into Arrowhead, and everyone thinks it's the year for the Chiefs. Um, but again, now we have the most likely MVP of the NFL, Pat Mahomes, throwing more than 50 touchdowns um, coming into this game now. Uh, yeah, man, I just... <coughs> I, I This think- is a game, it really comes down to... If the Chiefs' defense can just stop those dumb checkdowns from happening, and you're good. That's literally it. If you yeah. can do that, you're good to go. Because yeah. that offense is going to put up 50 points on you if they want to. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, and it's another rematch. And, again, these are two different teams from what they were that week. They versed each other. Um, two rematches for the championship games. Yeah. yeah. That's I mean, very interesting. I, I mean, like one thing to mention is that both of these offenses fall within the top five. And both of their defenses fall within the bottom ten, so it it I think this is going to be a very back and forth, maybe not forty three forty like we saw earlier on in the season, but I think it's going to be a little bit more of a high scoring affair, maybe higher than the Saints and the Rams. I, I just I think that Mahomes is going to I think Mahomes to be honest is going to start off hot, and what I predict happening is Belichick is just going to adjust. Belichick is just too good. They're they're very good at taking away the best player and in that situation it's most likely Travis Kelsey Tyreek Hill is talented too but I feel like Travis Kelsey is that big guy that you throw it into that window he's coming down with it well let's not forget and we forgot to go over it because I forgot to pull it up but Colts Chiefs right let's take a look where Pat Mahomes was that game not one touchdown that game yeah it was all his backfield everyone who rushed that game scored a touchdown he had one touchdown on the ground uh Daryl Williams Scored a touchdown. Tyreek Hill scored a touchdown. Damian Williams also scored a touchdown. 25 for 129. Um, yeah, I'm not expecting Patrick Mahomes not to throw a touchdown this game. I feel like on that Patriots defense, you got to score there. But um, they have a very – that was a very weird game to watch as well. Um, but, yeah, not too sure. I, I guess – Yeah, I mean, I think – I'm expecting Patrick Mahomes – to throw three three touchdowns this game. I, if I, not, I'm, yeah, I'm going to be very upset. I think what's going to happen is when it comes down to pure coaching, you have both amazing coaches, but I feel like 
with with the, the the number that scares me is that the Chiefs have the number one ranked offense. They have the thirty first ranked defense, and I feel like Bill Belichick is going to pick apart that defense. Oh yeah, he, he is As going he to find does. every way to just pick apart that defense. And I I feel like the the Pats are ranked twenty first on defense, and that that's it's not in the middle of the pack, but it's a little bit closer to that middle of that pack. And I I just I feel like that. I feel like it's it's you know the Chiefs towards the end of the regular season were kind of downtrending. They were starting to lose games. They were looking sloppy. Whereas the Pats were starting to step it up as they normally do. I feel like it's it's a scary uh, scary matchup for that defense. If I'm Chiefs team, Chiefs fans, you better pray that that defense shows yeah, up. Yeah, I don't know. D Ford's starting to step up. You have Justin Houston stepping up in there. Well, yeah. I mean that's that's the thing. Like some of the things that you need the Chiefs to do in order to win is uh, I mean you saw it in the Super Bowl when the Giants beat him twice. You got to pressure Brady. You got to get in his face. You can't let him get these throws where he's just standing there waiting for his receivers to get open. That defense needs to show up. I feel like you know they need to they need to stop the running backs on those on the Patriots. They got to stop these checkdowns. These run they, that's the main thing that we mentioned. They got to stop these checkdowns because you give it to James White. He got 15 receptions last game. Yeah. He tied his own record from the Super Bowl from Super Bowl 51 where he was just getting these dump offs. Like you can't be giving those up because they add up to like five eight yards whatever it ends up every other play it's you're just, getting down the field it's just weird how the patriots are able to win with the people you know they're going to use to win like you know how people yeah. have that game script they're like all right we're going to use these guys gadget them in and hopefully they can put up some points no the patriots use the guy they use the guys that they usually have to win so sony michelle yeah. again they draft in the first round he was solid in the beginning half of the season um the ball came to him and then you have James White getting these 15 receptions. Um, he, he's done that all season. He was a solid mm-hmm. running back doing that, top 20 running back well, with all those receptions. And then um, also you have – what is it? You have Julian Edelman catching 150 yards. Yeah. And they're not using Chris Hogan, so it's not like you can – you know, like I don't know where the ball's going left or right. It's going to Edelman. Yeah. It's just weird how, games, how teams can't prepare for that same matchup. They're doing the same thing every game. It's literally the same thing. They're not changing it. It's just yeah, the amount I, of times you're giving it to that person I, I is think, the whole difference. I think what's ending up as, as happening, and this is purely on coaching, whether it's the offensive coordinator, whether it's Bill Belichick, whoever it ends up being that physically makes these decisions. But you just mentioned how Hogan's not really getting any looks. Gronk isn't really getting any looks. You have uh, Philip Dorsett, who has a touchdown, but again, he's not really getting fed. It's more of Edelman. Yeah. And what I'm curious is, are these guys going out and – pulling defenders and taking them with them to get Edelman open. That's the thing that, I mean, you're, that, there's no stat on that to where you could sit there and be like, oh, well, this receiver got double coverage this amount, like this percentage, I don't, we don't have that on us. But because all three of those names that we named are capable of making big plays. Don't forget also, Tom Brady, regardless of how he played that game, he really didn't need to use anyone at all. Um He's able to get the ball out in like two seconds, dude. He knows exactly yeah. where he's throwing every single. It's time. hard to sack. Yeah, I'm not sure if you guys saw like the checkdown, um, uh, the actual Instagram like page, the checkdown. They posted a video of um, uh, Joey Bosa. He was mic'd up for the game um, that they played, and uh, he did like a quick spin move, and like he did everything he could to get to Tom Brady, but he lets go of the ball so fast that afterwards he's like, "Tom, can you stop throwing the ball so effing fast?" And then he's yeah. like, if he didn't come to me that fast, maybe I would have, you know, I would have switched it up. But yeah, yeah you can't I, forget I, about that. Tom Brady at his age, not many quarterbacks can throw up, throw the ball out that fast. I think he has like the quickest release out of everyone. I, I think that I'd believe it. I think that part of the reason that that is so effective and it works so well 
in general he's able to do that is because not I'm not using this in a negative way. I know this gets used in <clears throat> negative ways at times, but he's he's a system quarterback. He knows that system in and out because he's been doing it for years. So when you have somebody running that route, you know exactly where they're supposed to be because you've gone through all you've worked through all the kinks. You know, oh, this time I overthrew it or this time I underthrew it or I threw it a little bit too early. Like you worked on that, and by the time the amount of years he's been doing it, he knows it. So he doesn't have to second guess it. He he sees someone going out on a route. He's not sitting there going, oh well. Am, am I throwing it too early? Am I throwing it too late? And then you get hit. He just knows what's happening and he just does it. It's just weird how the big factors coming into this game, it's like this isn't just an ordinary defense. You have Joey Bosa in there, Melvin Ingram in there, Derwin James in there. Very quiet game for all those guys. They got Casey Hayward too. Casey Hayward. Very quiet game for all those guys. It's yeah. just unbelievable how a team like the Patriots can put up so many points and keep those announcers' mouths shut from even mentioning any one of those names on that defense. I don't know. Coming into this game, you're versing a much less of a threat on defense. So who knows? I feel like it's such a weird thing because you have the Chiefs who are amazing at working on their – they're working the game through Pat Mahomes for the most part. Again, their elite running back isn't there anymore. They have Damian Williams who is more than capable of carrying that team if he wanted to, um, if they put him in his, put the ball in his hands. But, um, hey, you have – Pat Mahomes running running wild, making plays. Meanwhile, you have the Patriots who have these plays designed to certain players, and they can make it happen. They can put just the right amount of points as they did. Again, their past rematch, forty three to forty, they put as just as just as much points on the board as the Chiefs did. Um, do you think it's going to be as high scoring as that game was previously? I think it's going to be high scoring, but not that high. Maybe maybe in the high twenties, low thirties. I'd say I don't I don't think it's going to be in the forties. I don't think it's going to be in the forties either. Um, but I most I really want it to be exciting. If it's going to be low scoring, I hope again there these defenses aren't the best. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a thirty to twenty something. Game. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like thirty twenty seven. That's why I would end yeah, up something, something like that. that on a field goal, no less. So it's gonna look, look exactly the same. Um, I don't know who is your winner for this game for both you guys, Patriots Chiefs. Knowing the page, <clears throat> knowing the Chiefs and what they do when come playoff time in Harrowhead, even at their own stadium. But again, Andy Reid is there. He t- he tends to blow it for them. But you have a guy in Patrick Mahomes now there for him who's helping him out. So what do you guys think? Oh, this is gonna be close, and history says it would be close. Yes. I don't I I don't see the Chiefs losing twice at home in one season. No. I'm gonna give it to the Chiefs by a narrow margin. Um I'll say thirty eight thirty five. I, I honestly, I, I had a tough time thinking about this one and trying to figure out a winner. I think the Pats are going to win it just because the the defense for the Chiefs is too vulnerable. I mean, if you look to the extreme, you look at Super Bowl 51, I know there's a di- some different teams, some different coaches on that staff now, but you look at Super Bowl 51, they're down 28-3, to and they found a way to just kind of attack that defense, make adjustments, and they were down by 25 points at that point with where everyone counted them out. I feel like, and and at that time, the Falcons were the number one offense. Very similar situation with the Chiefs. They're the number one offense, but they have a lot of, a lot of issues on their defense. They're not the best. They're they're one of the worst defenses. 
I just think they're going to get picked apart. It's going to it's going to start off hot for the Chiefs and they're going to look like they they can take it and then I feel like the adjustments are just going to be too much. I'm sure we all would love for this game to end the 35 38-35 type game. Yes. But honestly, I know there's going to be a team whether it's the Chiefs or the Patriots is very possible for this team to have this score. It's going to be like 38-17 somehow. That's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Knowing and these playoffs. I could see that for both teams, which is very weird. Yeah. The way these playoffs are, have been going, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, like a 38-17 game. I could totally picture Mahomes throwing for four touchdowns and just shellacking the Patriots coming into um, Arrowhead. But I could also see the Patriots doing the same thing, giving Sonny Michel the ball two touchdowns. Maybe um, Tom Brady throws for two touchdowns, 38-17 is the final score. I think it's going to be yeah. something like that. Um, but if I'm going to say outright possible. if I'm going to say outright winner here for me, um, it would be the Chiefs, mostly because I want them to go to the Super Bowl. I'd also like the Rams to go to the Super Bowl. I want to see another rematch. I love how that, that was one of the most see, exciting games yeah, of the year. See, I was just about it's to say. It's very corny, but I for, want to see it. For me, I have an inherent bias because that game, I, th- I was it, week 10, 11? Something like that. Rams-Chiefs was the best game of this year, hands down. Yeah. I need to see that again. I need to see that again, too. I really want to see that again. But that's also good for business, too, because the LA-LA theory is out yeah, now, essentially. That's gone. But you have, you have two of the most exciting teams in saying. football. And one of the most, the biggest headlines of that game when it first happened, when it ended like the 50 to something, both teams yeah. scored 50, people were bringing out friends that are not football fans, yeah. d- never watched a football game in their life maybe, mm-hmm. and they turned them to watching football. You know what that would do for the NFL as a whole if you had those two teams there? You take Tom Brady out, you don't need to bring that storyline back anymore. I'm sure people were like the storyline when it first came around where I'm, I'm picturing it like it's like a WWE thing where they're trying to put people in the right spots. But yeah. you take Tom Brady, who is essentially like the John Cena of football where he wins the championship He's like the underdog, and you don't expect him to win, and then it happens. I'm sure everyone loved that at that moment, but now you're kind of expanding a bit where you're looking at teams that are up and coming. They got young He's guys. done it five times. I would love to see a, fir- a, a first-year starting quarterback along with a, another quarterback who was considered to be a bust when Jeff Fisher was in there and now yeah. is running under Sean McVay. I think that's a good thing for the NFL, and I hope they rig this game and put the Chiefs-Rams in the Super Bowl, and yes... Um, that being said, I, I just kind of gave away my winner for the next game. But for the NFC, Saints-Rams, yeah. what do you guys think? Score, outright winner, Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, I have... See, this is this is very like eerily similar to the last game where I could see it go either way. One team will probably end up being overtly dominant. And at the end of the day, it's just, when I'm picking one, it's just me wanting the Chiefs-Rams game to happen. Now, I, I believe that Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, <laughs> Taysom Hill. and that, Put their best <clears throat> efforts forward, but it's just Yeah, they work. can. They they absolutely can. My, my theory is that – see, the thing is, my th- what I'm thinking going into this game is that uh, – I, I, I said Jared Goff. I meant to say Sean McVay. Sean McVay has – Coming into this postseason, he's had one post uh, postseason game under his belt of experience uh, against the Falcons last year in the wild card. Aside from that, that's all he had known. For me to, I mean, yeah, they got the first round by. To come and win against the Cowboys when they were on that hot streak, I think that's impressive. I think 
he's shown more poise than in the playoffs than what we n- normally would have expected out of a coach in his position. For that, I think if he can keep the same poise he did against Dallas, he has a very good shot of winning this game. I think so too. It's just how weird the if you take <clears throat> so my Super Bowl prediction obviously i've said it a second ago and i've said it many times before i want to see it again chiefs rams both teams really are playing so both efficiently and recklessly that everyone loves watching that everyone loves it and um i don't know they just want to make plays i'm not looking to see a conservative super bowl i'm looking for some points on the board and that's obviously from a football fan standpoint but in reality um if that matchup does not end up happening um we're going to see. I think it's still going to be a pretty good Super Bowl matchup, in my opinion. Yeah. But I'm hoping not to see a Patriots like 21 to 7, kind of like this here, where we're stimulating our, the Super Bowl that Madden so so happened to put together. But I do not want to see a 21 7 or 24 7 game against, C- and against the, the Saints and the Patriots. I'm not looking to see that. Yeah. And, but you know, nah, I mean, I, I think the problem is that I, I I would love for the Rams to win this, and I feel like as a Falcons, oh fan. yeah, I would love it. Oh yeah, oh I'd love it. But <laughs> I I just think I think I'm leaning more towards the Saints just because they are so tough to be at home and they're talented all around as a whole. But but the thing that's not giving me that definite answer that's still making me think is the those first two possessions that the Eagles had, they picked out the weak spots against the Saints and and they were winning 14 nothing. If the Rams are in that situation, they're not they're not oh, yeah, losing they'll that take lead. Advantage of that. They are not losing that lead. Oh yeah, they're not losing. Exactly what happened with the Eagles, the opposite. The Rams are just going to keep going and going and going. The Rams are digging it and piling it on. Exactly. That they're not giving up. They're not going to lose that. The, the adjustments are going to be made, but they're going to make adjustments as well. And I feel like if the Rams have any shot of winning this game, they need to do very similar to the first quarter of what the Eagles did. They silenced the crowd. They got the crowd out of it. They took the lead. They stunned everybody. They were winning 14 nothing, and they took the crowd out because the crowd is a huge factor. The second you take that crowd out of that game, it's a whole different game. you got to silence them, and I feel like the Rams have the potential to go out and kind of... They have they have guys, guys who can get pressure. They have Sue and they have Aaron Donald. They have Aqib Tlaib. Is uh, is Marcus Peters even playing anymore? Yeah, yes. he's playing still. Okay, uh, I didn't he know if he was still that injured. Beef. He oh, got that's right. That beef with Amari uh, Cooper. Yeah, so so there's them. You you got you got these people that can make a difference. They now need to go out and do it. And I I think in order for the Rams to win, they really need to to silence the crowd early and just keep the gas pedal down. So final Super Bowl picks. Or what? We, I mean, you have Rams, yeah, Chiefs. Yeah. Like to I have Pats, Saints. Pat I said Saints. that like from the when the first podcast we had with the uh, playoffs. That was what I said. I said you said that too. I said I. Wow. Unfortunately, that is what I think is going to happen. I don't want it. I, I I I think I said I put the the Bears in there or someone. I don't remember who I my, picked my for original, who I wanted. My original Super Bowl pick was Chargers Bears, and then once the Bears were out, I amended it to Chargers Rams. So we need to keep Rams in there. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Um, I think we'll keep our Super Bowl winner for the next time we come on. But how'd you yeah. do on scores that you took down last time? Because I know we made some scores. I was down. one for four. <laughs> one for four out of picks. Yeah. What score wise? Not um, even close. Um. Well, let's see. 
I did not anticipate the the shellacking, as you called it. Oh, the shellacking. Yeah. The oh, yeah. I, p- I was the only one that picked the Pats. So, yeah. You both picked the Chargers. I thought I the Chargers the would win yeah, yeah. in a close game. That We're going to start betting for real. Very wrong. <laughs> the Colts did not win, and they did not score nearly as many points. 31 to yeah, 13. I got that yeah. game wrong. The Rams did beat the Cowboys, although it was by right. less of a margin than I thought. 30-22. And the Eagles uh, did not beat the Saints. Yeah, uh, no, was... not at all. <laughs> 20 to 14. I said 28 to 24. But yeah, again, not, not, a lot of these games there. you're definitely hoping for a game like that. It's just not real. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember what I said for the Eagles Saints. I'm either two and two or three and one. I don't remember. So real quickly, um, Super Bowl. I'm honestly hoping the Rams win because they were just that dominant all season. I don't see why they could lose. Oh, there. I would love it. And if the Chiefs lose, that's still not a bad thing for Mahomes because if he loses, he's going to come back twice as hard and he's going to win yeah. the next Super Bowl. And um, I have no doubt in my mind and his his bright future that he's going to make it to another Super Bowl and he's going to win another Super Bowl. But for me, it's the Rams' time. They've been developing for a while. They're not up and coming. The Chiefs were up and coming, but again, they switched quarterbacks and no one knew where that was going to head towards. The Rams have had that solidified offensive line. They've had that solidified running back. They have their quarterback, who was a fir- first pick overall in that respective draft. They bring in um, Sean McVay a couple years ago to come help out. He's put that team together. He didn't put it together for nothing. So I'm hoping I'm not we're definitely not going to see another 50-50 game, but um I hope to see something high scoring as that and I hope to see some trick plays. I hope to see something exciting. I'm going to stick with the Rams Chiefs. Um uh so only thing left for us to talk about is what we see on the TV here. Again, we're simulating pretty much Rams uh Patriots 24 to 7. Uh Patriots have that lead. 50 seconds left and what do the who has the ball right now? Who's kneeling it? I think he's kneeling it, right? Yeah, yeah, they're kneeling it. Patriots are kneeling. So, on, I, th- I, if I'm going, if this is a possibility for a Super Bowl, I would hope the score is opposite. For the for yeah. sure, for sure, I would love to see the Rams make the Patriots lose two Super Bowls in a row. Yeah, that would honestly be the, s- the headline of the ages. Um, and then that's is last question here. Sure. Speaking of the Patriots, how you know year in and year out, we're always everyone's always saying like, oh, the Patriots are going to be bad next year. They're not looking good. They always somehow turn it up later on. And again, like I mentioned before, it is Tom Brady's eighth straight AFC conference game or championship, championship game. Sorry, yeah, yeah ch- championship game. Not sure if you guys saw the stat, but this is very weird. I heard this on another podcast. I couldn't believe it. The Tom Brady is more likely to make another AFC championship game than LeBron James, James is to make a make free, a free throw. throw. Yeah, that's, you gotta be kidding me. That's crazy. That's absurd. <laughs> yeah, there was a whole list of uh, things that are that Tom Brady making the chip game is more likely than. That's crazy, and I could probably find it. When you put that into perspective, it's really, really weird. Um... But yeah, do you think they're put in such a great position because they win that division every year, right? That definitely helps. It has to. It's it, a factor it in helps, it. Helps, but they still need to get that one or two seed because history says that if they get that one or two seed, they're making the Super Bowl. So they, the years they didn't make it, they may have won that division, but they did not win the first round by. So it's only half the battle having that division. You're right, and you know. I really would like to think in my head that that division is the reason why they put themselves in those lucky positions to always keep winning, but I don't know. That organization is so well put together. They know exactly what they're doing. They know ex- they've know they been there so many times. 
that why that's why it's so important when teams have a quarterback or a player that's been there before to mentor a younger guy or something like that because when you've been there you've been there you know exactly what to do Patriots coming in everyone thought they would have been out by now um but they're still in it they're definitely not out they have a big possibility of making it to another Super Bowl and uh Matt do you have any other stats there you wanted to talk about the Tom Brady thing or not really no, I mean, right. I, I remember finding a list, but it's not here at the moment. So, so you guys think we can wrap it up here? You guys have anything else to yeah, add? Yeah, we're uh, good. We're good. You know, oh, hopefully, good. Hopefully this round is better than the last. It should. <laughs> These so. matchups Please. are a match made in heaven. I'm so glad no Eagles or Cowboys are mentioned in any one of these matchups. Please do not have my prediction come true. I didn't put money on it. I, I would love for not. your prediction to not come true. Yeah, oh, yes. I would love Please. it. Because... In the terms of a Falcons fan, I hate the fucking Pats and I hate the Saints. So, <laughs> give me, so, give, give me that sweet Rams Chiefs Super Bowl. Oh yeah, give me that too. I and, think the uh, world would be happy. Oh yes, and that's gonna be the most watched Super Bowl of all time, in my opinion. Yes. No doubt. Happens. So, let's all hope for that. We're gonna pray at night, do our All Fathers, and get it together. <laughs> um, but that's gonna wrap it up here. So, um, um, if you enjoyed the show, be sure to follow our Twitter page at the Franchise Tag Pod. I post updates. I post our new episodes. Um, so make sure to follow that if you'd like to see more. Um, we release um, new episodes every week. We're available on Anchor, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts, Google, wherever. Um, so if you want to, if you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to listen to our past ones, listen to our new ones, get some updates, see if you want to listen to the next one. Um, other than that, we'll see you guys when the Super Bowl matchup comes up. And uh, I'm very excited. I probably will, I will not be. I on don't that think episode. so. But I've appreciated I appreciate you. But yeah, I appreciate you coming in the past three episodes to help talk about the playoffs with me. Yeah, I'll um, be listening in. Yeah. So Matt, thank you for coming on. Chris, Thanks thank for you for coming me. on. Thanks I'll probably be back. Um, no yeah, doubt yeah, about yeah, yeah. that. Um, but we'll see. We'll see you guys when the Super Bowl matchup is uh, ready to play. So uh, yeah, if we run episodes in the summer, I'll be back. Yeah. So take care, guys. Have a good one. Bye bye.